Okay. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Complete Sports Media's podcast. I'm your host, Darren Campbell. And coming to you on an Easter Monday, this uh, this will be a fun podcast. Lots of great NBA talk to talk about. The regular season is done. We're, uh, we got a day off in the schedule and the play-ins start tomorrow. Amazing UFC, phenomenal card that uh, some of the best moments I've ever seen in my life. I'm pretty damn excited about. And of course, we've got Jason Cameron breaking it down. So well, let's get at it. Hey, Jason, uh, thanks for joining us on a holiday Monday. Um, how was your Easter long weekend? Relaxing. Uh, really took it easy. Um, cheer- cheered a lot, though, obviously, Saturday night, especially yeah. for the main event. I, I, I was I was very happy to see it turn out the way it did. Yeah, um, and then it was it was amazing. And then Sunday, um, you know, had uh, dinner with the uh, family and stuff and it was was good. Good dinner. Nice. Yeah. Well, you you mentioned it. Tell tell our viewers and listeners what you had for a special Easter dinner. Okay. So it, it was there was actually two dinners. There was some dinners given over because uh, uh, my friends' uh, sons were over, and so they they don't like spice, so they so they can handle what I was actually having. So what my second mom actually made for me was rice and peas. And curry goat. This was her second time trying this dish, typical Caribbean dish. Uh, but she really wanted to do well on this second attempt. First attempt was close, but it, it wasn't quite there. And then this one, I, I'm happy to report she nailed it. It was fantastic. It was great. It was so good that what I tried to do was take all of it in my Tupperware. But apparently she wanted some and some for her son. And I said why, but she <laughs> she she was pretty adamant that she still wanted me to leave some. So, anyways, I did that. I, nice. I was I was nice about it, so it was good. <laughs> what um what are you talking about spice level? Uh, like let's say a a one to ten scale or a five pepper scale or something. Give me a scale on how spicy is it? Ah, uh, okay. I might be underselling it because I'm used to spice, but I would say it's just a four. It, it, like it, it's it's not overpowering or anything else. It's it's just I would say it was just the right amount, just nice. the right amount. Four out of five. Yeah. Uh, huh? No, no. Four. Oh, out four of out of ten. ten. Okay. Yeah, four out of ten. Four out of ten. Four out of ten. Okay. All right. So very reasonable. Yeah. yeah. I tried a I tried a hot sauce today. We went to that restaurant Burgoo. Oh, okay. I tried, I tried a hot sauce today and I just dabbed a little bit. And I think I still taste it. Uh, that was about four hours ago or something. Yeah, that was uh, pretty hot stuff. Um, I can't even think of what it was called, but geez, yeah. Sometimes you just got to be careful. I usually just wade in very, very lightly and try it, and then hmm, okay, I'll try a little more, a little more. But yeah, this stuff was uh, very spicy. They brought us two different cu- kinds, and it looked like the. That looked like the most interesting type, so I tried it, and uh, whew, it was hot. As soon as it hit the back of my throat, I was like, whoa, okay. I, I don't think I want too much more of that. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I, I've, 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 I've done that competition. I've done a competition with my friend to see yeah. how many of the hottest hot wings you can eat. Wow. I, 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 am, I am happy to report I managed to hang on. At, I ate eight. Really? Whoa. Which is pretty good, but I paid the price, my friend. <laughs> Man, did I ever pay the price? Like that that was that was torturous after. But I got it done. I did nice. eight. 
Um, and so it was just a mano a mano. Well, yeah? or okay, was so, it a bunch of people? No, it was just me and my friend. Okay. I went first. He went second, and he crushed me. He utterly crushed me. I needed to have like special formula drink after because I was dying. He ate twenty two and then had water. <laughs> okay, so yeah, yeah, he just absolutely slaughtered you. Do you, yeah. do you remember what um, type of Scoville number, what what the name of the hot sauce was or anything of the details like that? Uh, okay, this is what I can say. We This is a long time ago, but we had it at the Wings restaurant. I think, I don't know if it's still there, but the, there's a Wings down in Kits. We had oh, yeah. it there. And it was whatever the hottest ones that they had then. So I, I, I they're probably hotter now. But I'm pretty sure the Scoville units was high. Very, <laughs> very high. It was wow. high. That's all yeah. I can say. Crazy. Yeah, yeah I've uh, I've entered in a few contests. Uh, looking back, I think, what the hell was I thinking? Why did I do <laughs> crap like that? It was just, you know, mouth was on fire, sweating, just <laughs> starting to really think, can I get this down? Uh-oh, looking around, like, why <laughs> did I choose to do this? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not not as stupid as I used to be. That's for sure. Those were yep. some pretty tough tough days for sure. <laughs> oh oh yeah, and I, it, it it's so hard, and especially if you were planning on like maybe stepping out. Now you're dripping with sweat. You really <laughs> want to do it like that? Like you know, like yeah. yeah, yeah. I I I don't do that anymore. That was a long time ago. It was one <laughs> time. That was it. Yeah, I tried this stuff. It's called the bomb, and it's uh hottest thing i've ever tried and uh there's a show um there's a show on tv it's on youtube all the time tv as well i've seen it uh it's called hot ones they do an interview show yeah. where they eat a dozen wings while they're doing it you, you've seen that show yes i have yes i yeah, have yeah well uh they always the third to last spot a uh, hot sauce is the bomb and every show that i've seen the people when they're eating that one, they're just like, "Why? Oh my god! What the hell?" And and they start really starting to lose it because they're thinking, "This is the third hottest. What the hell am I gonna be getting into after?" But then the next one and the next one, they go, "Oh, this isn't as bad as that one." And and uh, that one killed me. That one really, I thought I was gonna die. I actually. Started thinking, man, I can't believe I killed myself over some hot sauce. This is ridiculous. I was mad at myself. Like, imagine sitting in heaven or maybe downstairs, and you're like, "What'd you? What'd you die? How'd you die? Oh God, I ate some hot sauce and died. That wouldn't be a a great story to tell. There'd be other guys that you know helicopter skied or parachuted or going 200 miles an hour in a car or something cool but all i did was i died from hot sauce i was really like what the hell man and that that pretty much ended my eating competition uh lifestyle or anything like that i was like this is ridiculous this it was so hot i just i i i still have nightmares about that stuff it was brutal so brutal no no i hey i i've been there i've done that and thankfully, like yourself, I, I quit while I was ahead, or else I would be that guy beside you saying, you died from the the, the, the bomb, right? Yeah, so did I. 
Yeah, I'm the other dumbass that did that. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah it just uh, was not worth it. And I, uh, I, I tell everybody, stay clear of that thing. It's just gonna ruin your night, ruin your week. It's uh, horrible stuff. And I, I don't know why, why they would do that to subject people to that. But yeah, it was, it was horrible. But um, yeah, I missed out on Easter dinner this uh, year. Um, typically, I do have it with family, but. All the family was away. Everyone's on holidays right now. So uh, we just had a chill weekend. Lots of sports watching. Super great. Um, got out a couple times for some uh, meals and stuff. But um, yeah, just pretty much watched a lot of sports. Uh, went and actually played uh, disc golf today. And uh, that was uh, that was fun to get out and play some disc golf. Um, just went and bought it. You have to... You have to get your driver, your mid-range, and your putter mm -hmm. and stuff. And I I uh, ended up finally finding some the other day. Got some, went out, and hit the course. Um, have you have you played uh, disc golf before? I have. Not very well. Because I, mm -hmm. I, I didn't didn't really understand the dynamics of the game, so to speak. It, it, was, right. it was it took me a while. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's a little challenging. Uh it was kind of hard to just know exactly even where we were going. We were like, we're standing there on the tee box and you're looking and uh, <laughs> is it that thing way over behind the trees, like 400 yards away, you know, and yeah. we were like, and it was muddy. It's been rainy so much that it was pretty muddy. So we didn't play a whole round, but um, I think we're going to start getting into it this year. Uh, great entertainment. You can, you know, walk long, have a beer, you know, just chill out. Uh, you're out in nature uh it doesn't cost you anything i know there are some courses that charge you some money but um this one doesn't and uh there's a bunch around the city there's one close to me here in kitsilano so um yeah i think i'm gonna take it up quite a bit this spring and summer ah you might as well man you got some free time so it's yeah. good to use it somehow some way i was shocked to hear that you worked this past week man uh sucker for punishment you had uh you were looking so forward to time off and no. then boom, you're right back at it. That uh that must have been a kind of crazy. Luckily it was a short week. Ah, it was a short week. And, and I knew it wasn't gonna be that many days. And I was just like, Yeah, you know what? Sure. Because like mm -hmm. I did I did reach out to a friend. Like I, I I made a commitment to myself that if I'm gonna reach out to friends and ask that if I if I get something back, then I'm just gonna do whatever it was. Right. Nice. And and I also knew that it, it wasn't gonna be for a very long time. So it wasn't going to be a big deal. So, no, that's good. Yeah, well, good for you. Yeah, that's great. Uh, good to get a few more bucks in the pocket. And, uh, um, yeah, you'll have a nice, easy, crazy, easy week ahead. So, um, this is going to be a great week. I'm excited about this week. NBA regular season is done. Uh, I love NBA 360, I watch it a, a lot. Um, my favorite show on TV is Inside the NBA, and I think 360 is probably my second favorite show. Yesterday, I felt like I had gone to basketball heaven. It was crazy. There was 15 games on. Uh, the first seven all started at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, and then the next eight started all at 1230 Pacific time, 330 Eastern, all tipped off then. And uh, so many had playoff impl implications. So many had uh, play-in scenarios. Uh, it was just absolutely amazing. There was, they kept putting up boxes with six games going on and, oh, let's all sh shift over here. Oh, let's go to this one. Let's go to that one. And I got to see, 
uh, all eight games at different pieces. Uh, it was, I was like, holy cow, have I entered the pearly gates already? This is heaven. This is absolute basketball heaven. Uh, I know I wasn't at the pearly gates because Kobe and Russell and Chamberlain weren't there. And so I never uh, made it there. But holy crap, man, I I was so, so, so into it. I reached out and asked you if you were watching, but you said you were heading off to your dinner. Or you weren't. But man, I, I loved it. What, what a day of basketball okay. yesterday. Okay, I I'm sorry. Somebody's really knocking on my door. I, okay. I, I think I gotta, I gotta get this. Sorry about this. Give me a sec. Give me a sec. Okay, we'll, we'll pause it. No problem. Yeah, pause it. Okay, we're back. A uh, little hiatus. Jason had an emergency uh, at the door. Uh, had had an, a very good neighbor knocking, telling him. Uh, he uh, needed to address something quick, so that was good news. Uh, I'm glad it wasn't anything bad news-wise. I'm glad uh, we can get back at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was super weird, but yes, crisis averted. Everything is fine. We we can move on. We can, we can nice. go forward. Yeah. yeah, well, I was just talking about uh, watching uh, NBA 360 yesterday. They had um, 15 games yesterday, 7 in the morning, uh, another 8 in the afternoon. Uh, so many of them had playoff implications, and uh, I got to see bits and pieces of I think every single game yesterday. Uh, they, you know, some of the games that were close, down and nitty gritty, they kept showing really at the right at the end. Uh, just, just like an absolutely amazing basketball heaven day. No, oh, yeah, no, it was it was heavenly. I managed to managed to catch some myself. Um, it was interesting to see uh, who was playing who. Who wasn't yeah. playing? Who you know what I mean? So yeah. Um, yeah. If if you're fans of the game, though, I, I I hope you have to know that trying to go and see your your favorite stars for some of these games at the end of the season, those aren't great tickets. That's no. all I gotta say. Those yeah, aren't great. Yeah, it was bizarre. There was teams just sitting out there, entire starting core, and every you know, there was just a lot of guys that you know, some of us have never even heard, and we follow the league really closely. It was like. Who's this guy? I don't think I've seen him this year. Has he got yeah. played any minutes? I'm looking him up on Wikipedia. You know, I was like, <laughs> this is weird. Yeah. But um, yeah, there was some teams that were really jockeying for spots and played yeah. their guys. And then there was a lot that weren't. But uh the one game that uh, really impressed me was Golden State Warriors decided they really wanted to win. I was kind of surprised because I thought they would want to fall back into sixth place and face off against the Kings instead of the Suns in fourth. Uh, but they uh, they came out, out of the shoot. They scored an NBA record 55 points in the first quarter en route to a 157-101 win over the over the Portland Trailblazers. And 55 points in that first quarter. It was, it was like, uh, incredible. It was one of the most incredible uh, offensive displays I've ever witnessed. Uh, it was so fun to watch. And and uh, they they seem to be firing on all cylinders right now, heading into the playoffs. Yeah, it was awesome to see that uh, that they had that sort of uh, offensive efficiency that you know that Golden State can do. And now knowing that Wiggins is coming back, mm -hmm. I think that's that's a, that's a big deal for that team. That's a big deal because mm -hmm. I think I've said it before, they're not going forward without him. They yeah. can't go forward without him they need him as part of that team for them to have success 
and uh, getting him back is huge. Uh, the only thing is now that can he get uh, up to speed quick enough mm -hmm. because you're, he's going from not playing to playoff basketball. And that's going to be a very, very tough transition for him. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be really tough. He hasn't played in, uh, I think, a couple months now it is. And he's been, uh, yeah, uh, luckily it wasn't an injury he's coming back from. Uh, so, you know, it's really just trying to get into game speed. I'm sure they're going to ease him into it. Um, luckily, uh, they were able to get into that sixth seed. So they do have this entire week off. Uh, there won't be any basketball for the Warriors until the weekend. So um, this this will help. Uh, hopefully they'll be able to, um, yeah, put him through the paces and get him uh, really ready. But, um, you know, nothing can imitate a game other than a game exactly. So we'll see. But uh, uh, good that they're, they, they have a solid uh, position. They don't have to do the play in. They don't have to worry about this week and uh, they get they get ready for next weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they have they managed to avoid the play in. And I think this is the best matchup for them. I honestly do with the Kings. Like the Kings are are very good offensively, but kind of weak defensively, just like the Warriors. Uh, but although the Warriors have been able to pick it up in the last couple of games, so it, it's 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 a favorable matchup for the Warriors. It's a series that they can win. I was I was really happy that the Warriors won and played so well, but I was really like concerned, especially because Phoenix and the LA Clippers were playing each other, and Phoenix was ahead. Uh, Phoenix rested all their top guys, and I thought, what the hell is going on? Why are the Clippers, you know, behind? And then I thought, oh, this is dirty. They're trying to lose so they can fall into that sixth spot and they can <laughs> face again, you know, face Sacramento, who's you know got a decent team this year, but. Horrible defensively. You said not bad. They're horrible. And, yeah. and also, they um, they have no playoff experience. This is the first time in 16 years that they're making the playoffs. So, uh, guys are not used to being there in this type of scenario. So, I thought super pre preferable matchup for the Warriors. You know, go out, get, it, get in the spot. And then, you know, it looked like the Clippers were tanking. Uh, and then all of a sudden, uh, both Kawhi... Westbrook, few of their um, you know, key pieces started playing well, and uh, they ended up beating the Suns, got into that fifth spot, and now faced them. Uh, and it just worked out perfectly for the Warriors. You get a guaranteed spot, and you're facing one of the teams that I think nobody's really afraid of because of what I just said. Yeah, yeah, uh, nobody is, and like you said, they are poor defensively. I, I think I I meant to say that, but thank you for the correction. They are poor defensively. Um, but uh, no, offensively, they're they're rather good and efficient. Uh, there's certain things that the Warriors are just gonna have to do to try to 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 keep them in check. And one is try to to keep De'Aaron Fox's hands off the basketball or limit him as much as they can, especially in the fourth quarter, because he's been the most effective guard in the fourth quarter with his clutch points when it really comes down to it. So that's somebody that they'll definitely have to pay attention to lock down. But guess what? They now have their lockdown wing back in Gary Payton second. So I imagine that that matchup between him and De'Aaron Fox is going to be uh, happening a lot during this series. Yeah, yeah, I think so. You're right, yeah. Uh, Fox uh, barely played on Sunday, uh, only 18 minutes, 13 points. Um, they, they played a lot of bench guys. Um, most of their starters got about 20 minutes and, 
Dearon uh, came in just a brief, so I wasn't sure. Um, it looked like he wasn't. Uh, yeah, I don't think he's banged up. I think they just started, um, you know, resting a lot of their guys. Get ready. The the, the West to me is way more exciting than the East. Um, the way the West has really not had incredible front runners. Denver's been up there all year. Uh, Memphis has been up there, but they're not scary like uh, Milwaukee, like Boston. Um, so I feel like it's kind of an, a toss-up. Who's going to come out of the West? And I think as long as you can get one of those eight seats, I think anybody legitimately has a real shot at taking the West. Yeah, you you definitely can argue that. I, I think the boogeyman out of those, uh, especially the play-in teams, is definitely the Lakers. The Lakers yeah. are the ultimate boogie team. Like, like if yeah. they, I, mean, I, rank, I seven, I, rank seven, and they could take it all, couldn't they? Seventh they ranked, could. and we don't, we don't often think a seventh ranked team. Uh, if they beat Minnesota, which they probably will, yeah. Uh, yeah. we we usually don't think a seventh ranked team has a legitimate shot at it. But you know, if they stay healthy, uh, I I think they can take it all. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and the key is staying healthy. LeBron did some Wolverine stuff to finally get back onto the court. Still don't understand how he was able to do that, but he did it. And uh, and as long as AD can just, you know, keep himself out of harm's way and not damage anything, they the Lakers got a really good shot. They got a really good shot, man. So, yeah. Well, I think the Lakers probably laughed when they saw the highlights last night of uh, who they have to face. This week, they have to face the Timberwolves this week. And uh, Minnesota just absolutely imploded. Two of their guys decided to throw punches. One at his own teammate, one against the wall. Uh, Jaden McDaniels is out for the year because he broke his hand. And Rudy Gobert proved that he is the worst teammate in the NBA by punching his teammate Kyle Anderson in a timeout and got a one-game suspension for this upcoming game on Tuesday. Uh, ridiculous, unbelievable. Can you believe that uh, Grobert would choose a timeout in the final game of the season to air out some frustrations and punch his own teammate? Like, how dumb is this guy? I've always thought he was a genius. I'm not gonna lie, he's <laughs> super smart, but no, no, I'm kidding. Uh, so listen, there was some harsh words said between the two, um, uh, two teammates, right? Uh, harsh, but- harsh. Well, I mean, harsh. Yeah, no, so, but, these guys have all heard worse, haven't they? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like, is that anything more than what you've ever heard throughout your t- entire career of playing basketball or coming up? No, yeah. man, it it didn't warrant him attacking his teammate. It just didn't, as far as I'm concerned, it didn't. Maybe in his mind at the time it did, but it did not. It did not warrant yeah. that, and rightfully so. The team is disciplining him, but also too, Gobert is costing his team. Um, by the fact, the mere fact that he's not there to help his team because yeah. of his actions. So, yeah, another well, Nas, Nas Reed went down. The backup center went down a, a couple of weeks ago with an injury. Uh, he's not going to be there. Uh, they are very shorthanded. Uh, they went all in on Gobert in this off season. Gave him five first round picks for the guy. Uh, mortgaged their future on bringing him in. And huh? uh, you know, this is the way he repays the organization by. You know, hearing, hey, block that shot, you idiot. You're 7-2. <laughs> block the shot. You know, like, 
I would say the same thing. Like, come on, man. Don't let these guys go through the paint. We want to win this game. Block the freaking shot. And he goes and punches the guy for saying that. But I, I think Jaden McDaniels might be even stupider because he goes and punches a wall. And now, you know, such a promising, great defensive year, very uh, solid player this year, takes himself out by frust- being frustrated. Uh, I saw the clip as he's walking what? towards the tunnel. He punches the wall and breaks his hand. And, uh, you know, these two teammates got to be two of the stupidest guys in the league. And, you know, I I would be really shocked if Minnesota uh, is able to even win these. T- uh, either They won't win against the Lakers, I don't think. And they probably won't win the second game because, um, you know, they're, they're missing these guys. I think Gobert is going to be allowed to come back, but – uh, McDaniel's Daniels is a is a very 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 talented defensive player, and he's going to be a big loss. He's one of the best wing defenders in the NBA, right? Mm-hmm. And with him not being there, man, that he like he could have really helped on like you know LeBron or something like that. Yeah. You know the guy that the, the old man that still gets it done to score thirty a game. You know that guy. Yeah, he probably could have helped with that. But unfortunately, he decided to punch a wall instead. I'll play the play the play the game. So it sucks. And I yeah, and I think the Timberwolves are definitely gonna pay for it. I, I don't expect I, I I do not expect them to win this game against the Lakers. I just I do not. I don't no. uh that's the that's the late game tomorrow. Uh plans start. Uh first game has the number seven Miami Heat against the number eight uh tra- um no, uh, Atlanta Hawks and Trey Young. Uh, that will start like four four thirty tomorrow Pacific time. Um, the Heat were forty four and thirty eight, and the Hawks were five hundred at forty one and forty one. Um, predictions on this one. Uh, who do you think? Uh, who who are you leaning towards out of the matchup? Uh for for the Heat and the Hawks. Um, oh man, they. Uh, they both disappointed me this season. <laughs> they yeah. both of them. I, I, I'll go with the Heat. I'll go with the Heat because I love Jimmy Butler and I love the way that he steps it up for the for the playoffs. I I don't know what gear that he hits in his mind, but it's all of a sudden it's like playoffs, Amazing, and yeah. then he just he goes off. So, yeah. and also I want it. I'm picking the Heat because of Eric Spolstra. A dude is a wizard when it comes to the game of the NBA and strategizing and being a master tactician. That's why I would take the the Heat over the Hawks. Yeah, I'm I'm leaning towards the, the Heat. Uh, the Hawks did go on a run a, a couple of years ago in the playoffs, and um, yeah, they've got a, a decent team for sure. But uh, yeah, Jimmy Butler is on a different level once he turns up the intensity. Uh, we saw it in the bubble, how amazing he could be. He can throw the team on his back. Uh, I think the Heat are a deeper team, and I think uh, they they take this. Um, in the Western Conference, we mentioned it, the Lakers and the T-Wolves. Uh, they uh, will be the late game tomorrow. Um, Lakers went on an 18-8 to run uh, to, to just get into this play-in game, get an opportunity, uh, be the seventh seed. Um, they were only one and two against the T-Wolves uh, this year, but uh, it seems like LeBron's back, AD's healthy. This team has a complementary pieces. Austin Reeves has been great. 
they uh, are playing really good defense as well. I'm impressed with the Lakers going forward. Um, I think they'll be able to take this matchup. Yeah. I've also been very impressed with uh, Jared Vanderbilt um, yeah. and his uh, defense as well and his uh, do-everything-else kind of attitude. So he's been a great um, addition to the team. What did you think about LeBron putting the crown on his head? Uh, just as the Lakers were winning the game last night, he made a few gestures, putting a crown on his head like this gesture. Um, kind of weird that uh, this is what he this is the time that he's putting the crown on, not when they're winning a title, not when they're uh, you know winning a series, uh, just getting the seventh seed in a play in and he wanted to crown himself kind of kind of weird jester at this moment uh yeah or he's just like i better try it on now because i might not be able to do it later <laughs> so so I, I i it's yeah i i i guess he's giving himself a pat on the back for the fact that they made it to the play in which was kind of in jeopardy for a large majority of the season so yeah. him even pulling that off is probably pretty impressive and the fact that uh, they seem to be hitting their stride now, and so LeBron's just like, "Hey, if this if this AD guy can just stay healthy, and I'm now healthy, and if I can stay healthy, they have a shot. You got a shot yeah. with those two guys. They've already proven that. That's true. Yeah. Uh, so Wednesday has the nine uh, ten games. The first game has the Toronto Raptors hosting the Chicago Bulls. Uh, Toronto was 500, 41 and 41, such an up and down year. And here in Canada, we're just bombarded with Raptors stuff. So, you know, fans about the Raptors, uh, not as much about Chicago, except obviously DeMar DeRozan getting to form uh, face his former team. Uh, Chicago was uh, two games under 500 at 40 and 42. Uh, last time they played each other, Toronto won 104-98 in, on February 28th. Um, both teams were six and four in their last 10, both had such up and down years. It's really hard to, to know, uh, who's, you know, who's really going in hotter than the other, but, uh, because this game's in Toronto, got the hometown crowd behind them. I'm leaning towards the Raptors. Yeah. Yeah. That, that would be my reasoning too. I would lean towards the Raptors because they have the hometown advantage. Uh, but like you said, the both teams have been up and down. Um, and that's like, even with the hometown advantage, it's not much of an advantage for the Raptors. You know what I mean? No, sure. is tight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Turn into the Western conference. We've got number nine, New Orleans Pelicans, uh, who lost out yesterday to Minnesota to fall down into ninth. Uh, they hosted OKC thunder. Uh, the best player in this series is Shea Gilgis Alexander, in my opinion, but I think, New Orleans has a more balanced roster, a few more weapons. Even without Zion, I think New Orleans probably edges the thunder in this one. Yes, but I can see the thunder beating them in a very close game as well. I I can actually, I can, I can see, uh, 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 I get, I can see it where the thunder actually can beat the Pelicans if Shea Gilgis has a huge game along with Josh Giddy and maybe one other guy in their front court uh, for the Thunder. If they, if they can get three guys uh, that can score the basketball from their, uh, from their top five in the Thunder, 
I think they have a chance of beating the Pelicans. Yeah. It's um yeah, it's 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 definitely possible. Uh the, the Thunder rested a lot of their, their starters yesterday and uh, weren't playing, but um yeah, uh the Thunder do have uh you know do have a bit of depth there for sure, but uh I, I don't know. I just think that Shea just runs the show. I think New Orleans is gonna put uh two guys on him and I think um uh I, I think that New Orleans just has a bit better depth. I watched most of that game yesterday, that Pelicans uh Wolves game and, and uh wow what a what a great uh, game that was uh, one of my favorite games of the year and um yeah the Pelicans do have a ton of offense uh very hard to stop and um I, I'm shading a little bit towards them uh whoever loses this game they're done whoever wins this game gets to play on Friday so uh after these first games Tuesday the winners of the games on Tuesday move forward into the playoffs into that seventh seed the losers, the eight seed, they'll play on Friday and they'll play the winner of these nine ten matchups. So um, the seven eight uh, in the East, the loser of the seven eight in that East game faces the winner of the nine ten. Uh, that'll go at four p.m. Uh, Pacific time, uh, seven p.m. Eastern, and the second game right after. So um, yeah. You, you're you're in a really good spot if you're in seventh or eighth. No matter what, you get two cracks at it. The nine ten teams, uh, if they lose, uh, they're out. If they win, they get that second shot. At, but they play a you know higher seed, and uh, it'll be interesting. Um, I I think it uh, really kept a lot of organizations, a lot of cities, glued into this for a lot longer than normal. If it was just the top eight. I like the play-in tournament, and um, yeah, it's just uh, we got three more days of basketball before the playoffs start. Yeah, it, it keeps you keeps more fans invested. You know, like, like it, it keeps more fans invested, which means more revenue for the NBA. So, yeah, I I like it. I I I like the fact that you know it's it's a, it's almost a one and done almost, but I, I like the fact that a lot is on the line for these uh, for these uh, franchises to get into the playoffs and maybe make some noise, maybe make an yeah. upset. So uh, there was winners of regular season uh, awards. Um, I, I want to just run down some of them. Uh, the top score, the NBA scoring champion for the regular seasons for the second consecutive year is Joel Embiid. He averaged just over 33 points a game. His closest pursuers were Luca. Uh, 32.4 and Damian Lillard from Portland, 32.2. Uh, those two guys, I don't think they're going to be with their franchises very much longer. So, uh, it'll be, uh, interesting, but, um, this season with the first in NBA history where three players average at least 32 points per game and MB becomes the 19th player to win multiple scoring championships. Uh, did that wrap up MVP for him? I it made a stronger case, but I I think it's still very very close. I I, I like I said before, I believe it's between three individuals. I think it's uh, Giannis, the Joker, and Embiid. I, I think it's a three horse race, and I think you'd be hard pressed if you picked any one of those people. Like you you have an argument. You have an argument for either one of those guys. Sure. Uh, the high, highest point scoring games this season was 71. That was done twice. 
Damian Lillard did it, did it for Portland against Houston in February. And uh, Donovan Mitchell did it for Cleveland against Chicago in January. Uh, Joel Embiid's teammate, uh, James Harden, the beard, uh, was the assist champion this year. He averaged 10.7 assists per game. Uh, that's actually the second year in his career that he was the leader in assists. He did it in 2016, 2017, before he became a complete ball hog in Houston. He actually <laughs> used to dish the ball off back then. And uh, yeah, two teammates getting a top score, top assist, man. Pretty uh, pretty good one-two punch. No, it's, it's fantastic. It's great. Now now they just have to apply it to the playoffs and, and make it count. That that's that's what everybody in Philly is looking at. It's like okay, the numbers are cool and all, but we, you know we want to win. So yeah. Uh, top rebounder. Um, do you know? Do you know who's the top rebounder this year? Ah, I think I, I thought at one point it was Stephen Adams, but he's been out with an injury for so long. So I have no idea. Demontis Sabonis. Led the uh, league in rebounds. He got 12.3 uh, a game. It's his fourth consecutive season, averaging at least 12 rebounds. Uh, that's the longest active streak. And, nice. um, yeah, pretty impressive. Uh, you know, big pickup by the Kings. He's led them to their first playoff berth in 16 years. Uh, or I think it's – maybe this is – seven. Uh, this counts as 17 because it was 2006. So – um, but uh, yeah, he's been one of the biggest reasons why they're there. No, oh, yeah, no, it's uh, God, it's been a long time for them, but yes, he's been a huge reason why. Uh, he's like your walking double double, and he's been fantastic this year. Uh, playing, playing with uh, De'Aaron Fox, uh, they've, they've got this chemistry, this relationship on the court, and they play very, very well off each other. So, the uh, most rebounds any player had in a game this year was 29 by Evicha Zubac of the Clippers in November. Uh, a Raptor is the leader in a category this year. Uh, the most steals um, in the NBA were uh, OG Ananobi, uh, just edging out Jimmy Butler for the steals title. Uh, OG averaged 1.91 per game, while Butler averaged 1.83. Uh, first Raptors player ever to win the Steels crown. Uh, pretty uh, pretty cool, and uh, I really wasn't paying attention to this. I wasn't really aware that he was going to win this this uh, this title. Neither was I until you said so. Um, but hey, good for him. And also, too, it just goes to show that he's he is one of the best defenders in the league. And if you do not take care of the ball, he's going to take the ball away from you. So good for him. Jimmy Butler did win the Steels title in 2021. That was that bubble year we talked about. Uh, he was trying to become the 10th player with multiple Steels titles. Uh, the most Steels in uh, game this year, uh, seven, D'Angelo Russell and De'Anthony Melton. Uh, both had seven Steels in, uh, in a game. Uh, blocks, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., gone back-to-back back with the block champion. Uh, he averaged a three a game this year. First player to lead the league in blocks in two consecutive seasons since AD did it, 2013-14, 2014-15. And uh, Brooke Lopez had the most blocks in a game this season. He swatted nine against Brooklyn in March. 
that's that's pretty impressive. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, and Brooks uh, up for Defensive Player of the Year, and yep. uh, will you know, definitely helped my uh, Milwaukee uh, with the best record in the league. Uh, most three pointers in a season was Clay Thompson. Uh, he got three hundred and one. Uh, he got six in the final on Sunday. Um, he's only the third player to make 300 threes in a season, obviously with Steph doing it four times and James Harden, Harden did it, uh, the year after the, he got all the assist title, he decided, no, I'm going to shoot 300 threes and he did it for Houston then. Uh, and Damian Lillard had the most threes in a game this season. He got 13 in his 71 point game in February. So, um, pretty, uh, Pretty yeah, pretty cool. A lot of uh, great titles for teams. I know a lot of people don't care about regular season, but um, good for a lot of these guys to um, yeah get some get some hardware. Yeah, it's good to get the hardware. It's good to also to do that well, so you can improve your contract situation when the contracts come up. So yeah, good for good for everybody. Good for them. Uh, Sacramento led the NBA in average scoring at a little over 120 points a game. Uh, Denver was the best team from the field, shooting a little better than 50%. And uh, from the line, nobody was better than Philadelphia. Uh, foul line and three-pointers. Uh, Philadelphia was the best. They made 83.5% of their free throws. And that was the second best rate in any team in history. And the, and, uh, the Clippers made uh oh yeah the clippers were the best at uh 83.9 in 2021 uh, and then 76ers shot 38.7 from three point range uh golden state had 38.5 so just same almost the same uh warriors made 1363 threes this season a single season record so um pretty yeah pretty cool Pretty impressive, and uh, I think that record's just going to get pushed and pushed oh, and pushed no. and pushed year after year after year. Oh, yeah. yeah that definitely is going to happen. The more these uh, these teams take threes, the, the more these records are going to go up and up and up. Um, okay. So, uh, okay, a few things I want to mention. Uh, I do want to um, go into a few of the uh, playoff scenarios, but I do want to mention Udonis Haslam. Played his final game. Super long, incredibly great career for the Miami Heat. A guy that they've relied on as that veteran presence in the locker room, on the bench, and a guy that uh, has become one of the people's favorite teammates of all time. Uh, they 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 rolled out a rocking chair yesterday. He sat down in it, and then they gave him an opportunity to score like he hasn't in years. Uh, he got 24 points. Uh, he hasn't scored that many since 2009. He got a career best three threes. He even got an alley oop dunk. And uh, good to see him recognized this way. Never a star, never a huge player on any team, but a great role player and a guy that uh, Miami has really been blessed with for so many years. Good to see him go out this way with so much recognition. Tons of people in the building giving him his due and uh it was it was really cool to see uh, him you know just being recognized for his contributions to the game and for the heat organization and he was undrafted he was undrafted when he came in so uh, for him to have created all of this for himself is 
just monumental in scope. Um, he, a lot of his peers have given him his flowers as he justly deserves. Uh, I, I'm sure that he's going to have a front office job with the Heat going forward and in some sort of yeah. capacity. Has yeah. to. Because yeah. if anybody's actually ever represented Heat culture to that extent, it was Udonis Haslam. Sure. Yeah. On him. yeah, I see a lot of assistant coaches, former players uh, sitting on the bench just, uh, you know, the year after they retire, they're, they're there. And um, I think he'll be a presence as long as he wants to be uh, for this organization. And uh, it was nice to, yeah, it was just, it was just very heartwarming to see the outpouring of love for him and uh, everything that he represented for that organization. Um, there was some crazy Things that happened yesterday, uh, Mikhail Bridges, okay? He's the currently the NBA Ironman. Uh, he had played in 391 straight games. And uh, so they said, okay, uh, let's get him in, make sure he plays uh, the game today so he doesn't break his streak. He played four seconds yesterday, four seconds, and he got his 392nd game, so uh, regular season game, so he can – move into, uh, you know, he can continue the streak going into next year. Um, four seconds? Do you think there should be a little bit of a limit? Or, you know, should they make a guy play five minutes or something? But four seconds and that counts uh, for continuing this Ironman streak. What did you think about that? Impressive. Impressive. Because I, I, I would look at his whole streak and be like, oh, so this is when he gets to the end of the season and four seconds. I, I'm wondering if you can even get it like like down a little bit. It's like two seconds. Foul as soon as the ball comes in. Foul. Okay, <laughs> got it. <laughs> Better record. Yeah, I, I I was I had the shortest appearance in history to continue yeah. my streak. Uh, one second immediate. Not even a second. They they fouled with point seven in. You know, like guys are trying to break that record. <laughs> Oh man, I I think four seconds doesn't really constitute a guy uh, playing a game. Do you? I don't know. I I think four seconds is a little too little. Yeah, it's it's a little much, man. Like, it, it, how about this? If you're gonna play in the game, you should play until at least the first commercial break. How 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 about that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Commercial break. That makes sense. Yeah, we talk about those all the time. Um. He played actually 83 games this season because uh, when he got traded, he had played more than the uh, Nets had, had played. So he actually ended up uh, playing 83, uh, 392 consecutive games. Uh, it doesn't look like very many people are even going to try to break this record with all the uh, guys sitting out all the time. Uh, there was just a small handful of guys that played all 82 games this year and it's becoming less and less every year. Yeah. Um, whenever Mikhail Bridges, his this this streak ends, nobody's ever going to match it. No. Like nobody's just going to match that streak. They're just it's not going to happen because that's not the way that NBA is played anymore. So yeah, it's not going to happen. The load management era has killed things like this. Um, yeah, not uh, not likely to be broken. Uh. Okay, I do want to mention uh, Dallas. Uh, lots of controversy. They decided to tank at the end of the season here. They had an opportunity to get into that play-in game. And I guess Mark Cuban 
the management of the Dallas Mavericks realized that if they make the play-in game, they have to hand their draft pick uh, away. And uh, if they just miss out by one, uh, their draft pick is lottery protected and they don't have to do it. So they decided to tank, not play their players. And uh, this caused a lot of a lot of grief. Um, I think Kyrie was mad. Luca was mad. The two players you don't want to piss off the most. Uh, I think the fan base was really upset with this. They wanted an opportunity at a playoff matchup. Uh, you know, Dallas did, you know, represent the Western Conference very recently. And uh, uh, they they weren't going to probably go there this year. But still, um, you know, the NBA has launched an investigation. Uh, they do not want teams to tank. And uh, this was pretty blatant tanking and not uh, not a good look for the league and for the Mavericks as a whole. It was blatant. Yeah, it was it was it was it was blatant. I believe even Jason Kidd as a coach just said, well, this is what he wanted me to do. So I did that. So there you go. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, like it's it was pretty clear what they wanted to do. And I believe like if, the, if that pick. If they didn't lose and the pick was taken away, it was supposed to go to the Knicks or something like that. So they screwed over that organization too by not playing it straight. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if there's any way to fix that. First off, I, I don't know if there's any way to, to even possibly fix that because let's say, okay, so the NBA goes to Mark Cuban. All right, well, I'm going to have to find you. And Mark Cuban goes, I'm a billionaire. Sure, go for it. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> and like and then it's over you know what i mean like it's just like it's it's like a, it's like a non-issue so um yeah i it's gonna happen it's gonna happen it's it, it sucks but it's gonna happen uh the thing that they should be super concerned about is what is their gm doing yeah. like the roster construction that they had like before that Kyrie trade they were in fifth or sixth place in the west and they fell all the way down out of the playoffs 13th yeah bam fifth worst that, record in the nba by when all of a sudden done that's yeah. pretty yeah, that's a pretty bad fall yeah so so for if i'm mark cuban i'd be looking at my gm going all right that did not go well for you either you try to fix this for the next season and somehow get luca back on board because he seems super pissed off and that that does make me happy so you like, literally, whoever the, that GM for the Mavericks is, he's got to fix a lot of things. I think he was, like, a former night guy or something like that. But either way, that dude has a lot of work on his plate to do because the way that roster is constructed for the Mavericks is not is, – it's, it's, it's no good. It's not good enough. It's not good enough to compete. And it's definitely not good enough for Luka Doncic. Nico Harrison is the uh, GM for, for the Mavericks, Yeah. Um, it's gonna, it's, I think it's going to piss off Luca and, um, he is signed, uh, through 2025. He is 32 now. Um, you know, this is, this is what you need. Uh, you know, this is when you need to really be banking on him, taking you places, uh, next year he's worth uh, 42 and a half million dollars on their salary cap. And, um, uh, this is probably going to uh, upset Kyrie as well. Uh, Kyrie decided he will decline any exit interviews, which uh, is typically not done by a team once they get eliminated. Uh, he decided, no, he's not going to talk. He had said that he would talk as the season wore down. He said, I'll talk to you after the season about my plans. And he declined to talk to anyone. So nobody's going to know. Who knows 
when Nico's going to find out what his plans are. Um, do you think Kyrie comes back there? Or do you think uh, he's going to move move on somewhere else? I, I, I there's a there's a chance, right? But at the same time, there's there's an equal amount of chance that he just moves on, says yeah. no, I'm I'm good. Now, the thing is, if he moves on, my question is, what team is going to give him that full max deal that he's been hunting for ever since he left the the Brooklyn Nets? What team is going to give him that? And is that going to be a team that he wants to play for, knowing that that team might not have a shot at getting into the playoffs or playing seriously for a title? Like, I, I, I very much question who, what franchises are willing to give Kyrie the money, knowing his past history. So. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't bode well for, uh, yeah, many teams. Um, two teams decided to move on from their coaches already. Uh, D- Detroit Pistons decided to shove uh, Dwayne Casey up into the upper office and will replace him. Uh, Pistons were the worst team in the league this season. Uh, they finished uh, dead last. They have the same percentage as the Spurs and the Rockets to get the number one overall pick. Uh, all three, 14% chance. Uh, then it's the Hornets at 12 and a half, Blazers at 10 and a half, and then it goes down. Magic, Wizards, Pacers, Jazz, Mavs, Thunder. Magic get a pick from the Bulls. Uh, Raptors are at 13, 1% to get that uh, n- number one overall pick. And the Pelicans are last at half a percent. So nice. yeah, that's how it's shaking down in the uh, yeah draft lottery. Uh, okay. There are uh, four matchups set already for the playoffs. Uh, we have in the West, we have number three, Sacramento against number six, Golden State. Uh, Warriors won the season series three to one this year. And uh, uh, we've mentioned this already. We've talked a bit about it. Um, I think uh, Golden State bringing back Wiggins, having GP the uh, number two back in there. I think they finally figured it out. Uh, they get, uh, they don't get home court advantage. And that's a little bit of the trouble here. They were 11 and 30 on the road this year. But um, does Golden State knock out the Kings, in your opinion? Uh, it, it, you know what? I think it's going to be close, but I'm going to give it to Golden State. I'm going to give it to them because of their championship pedigree. I'm going to give it to them the fact that uh, Wiggins is going to be coming back with them. I'm going to give it to them because of the fact that they have GP2 that can shut down or at least limit a lot of the offensive guards of the Kings. And I'm going to give it to them because they got Steph Curry. Yeah. Yeah, I'm leaning towards Warriors. I think it goes six or seven, though. Um, hopefully only six, because uh, goes goes seven and it's back in Sacramento, and it's always tough to to win uh, on the road, especially in a game seven. So we'll see. But um, okay, the other series that's already set is the four or five series. That's the Phoenix Suns hosting the LA Clippers. Uh, they had that game yesterday. It was probably something that we can't gauge on because Phoenix sat down uh, most of their starters and regulars. Uh, Clippers are without Paul George still, and that's going to be a big loss. Uh, since KD's came into the lineup for the Suns, 8-0. And, um, yeah, to me, this is a not, not really that compelling of a series. I think Phoenix could probably take it in five. 
I I agree with you, uh, especially with the fact that the Clippers are missing Paul George. Like that, that's a huge blow to them because you're going up against a Sun team that has KD added to the roster. As soon as you add that dude to any roster, you got yourself a legitimate shot at making the title run. And uh, Booker has has benefited from KD being there because he's not seeing their best defenders anymore. He has more open space to roam, to do his thing. Yeah, I think the Suns are going to be a handful for this uh, particular playoff series, playoff run. Yeah. Uh, okay, the East, we've got the 3-6 matchup. That's uh, uh, the Philadelphia 76ers against the Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn was not supposed to be here. I thought Brooklyn, when they made the trade, got rid of KD, got rid of Kyrie, uh, were really just uh, in rebuild mode. Uh, they stayed in that sixth position and, and played pretty decent down the stretch. Um, Philly is, you know, the better team probably on paper. Uh, they were, Philly was 54 and 28 and, and Brooklyn was 45 and 37. But um, I think this is going to be a pretty compelling series. I've really enjoyed watching Brooklyn. Uh, I think they have an opportunity to make this a tight series. Uh, if the Sixers, both Embiid and Harden, who we talked about earlier, having great years, uh, play up to you know their potential, Philly should win this. But I think this is going to be uh, an interesting, fun series to watch. Um, I I think that the 76ers should win this series kind of easily because considering the, the the difference in rosters and the superstars that the Nets lack and the superstars that the 76ers actually have. That's why I believe this should be this should be an easy this should be an easy series for the 76ers. As long as James Harden doesn't get into his own head and just makes the game easier for himself and lets Joel Embiid lead. As long as he does all of that because Joel Embiid has been their leader, I'm sure that's not going to be even a question. And if Tyrese Maxey can have those cool Tyrese Maxey moments where all of a sudden he explodes for over 35 points in some of these games, yeah. I think 76ers uh, should not have a difficult time with the Nets. I've been shocked at Tobias Harris, and uh, he seems to have fallen off the cliff. Uh, I'm not sure what's happened to him, but uh, he was a definite uh, third third man that you could count on. Uh, yeah. This year, he's uh, been quite invisible and uh, really not not playing up to his standards. Uh, I'm not sure what happened to him. Do you have any idea? Um, I I think Tobias has just been struggling with like the just the shooting, or or actually, I would want to say just trying to fit into the offense. And I I, I don't know if he's exactly found exactly where he should be in that offense. Hopefully now he has a better idea since, you know, they're going to the playoffs and stuff. But um, I, because I've always looked at it and I thought that the 76ers, their top three was Maxi, Harden, and B, especially with Maxi just playing the way he has the last couple of seasons. So, um, again, I, I, I believe that the 76ers should have an easier time with this against the Nets. Okay. Uh, and finally, the 4-5 matchup in the East has uh, Cleveland hosting the New York Knicks. Should be a great battle. A lot of talk this year that Donovan Mitchell almost went to the New York Knicks and, and decided to go to Cleveland instead. Um, been able to, you know, really, Knicks have had a pretty decent year. Uh, they finished four games below them in the standings. Uh, I think Cleveland's got a little more of the balanced roster. And obviously, the best player in the series has to be Donovan Mitchell. Jalen Brunson's great, but I just don't think he's... Um, 
as talented as Mitchell is. It, I, you know what? I, I expect the guard play in this series to be stellar. I think it's going to be excellent because Jalen Brunson had himself one hell of a season. He had yeah. such a good season that people are like, so, Mark, why didn't you pay that guy? Just have him <laughs> stay instead of doing yeah. what you did, right? Yeah. That's how good of a season he's had. So, that being said, I personally believe out of all of the series, this is going to be the most entertaining. I think this yeah. is going to be close. And I think whoever takes it is going to take them six to seven games. Okay. Um, as I mentioned a bit earlier, I think the East top two teams are just far and away better than everybody else in the league. I think uh, whoever makes it into those seven, eight slots this week, they're just swept. I think they're just both going to be gone right away. The, the West, a lot more interesting. I think a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I don't think anybody's really a f- super scared of Denver or Memphis. And, uh, you know, we'll see those seven, eight uh, teams emerge and they might have an opportunity to get some big upsets and uh, just shake up the West. So we could see, you know, sort of a March madness type of a thing where lower seeds are uh, emerging and becoming uh, the, the top t- teams in the West. Yeah, it, it could definitely happen for sure. And I think it, it it might definitely happen if it it shakes out that the Lakers play the Grizzlies. If if that's actually the matchup, I think the Grizzlies should be somewhat worried. <laughs> they should be somewhat yeah. worried. Yeah, you're right. Uh, oh yeah, and I didn't mention uh, Stephen Silas um, after the Houston game on the weekend. He was uh, fired from the Houston Rockets. Uh, terrible year. Um, lots of uh, interesting candidates uh, as possibilities there. Nick Nurse is a name that uh, has been really bandied about. Uh, Frank Vogel, amongst some others. Uh, and James Harden was actually uh, working out in Houston uh, over the weekend. Uh, pretty bizarre. Um, <laughs> he, uh, he seems like he might want to go back there. And, uh, yeah, I was pretty shocked to see some of the uh, pictures of him working out in Houston uh, as he's getting ready to uh, uh, take the 76ers as far as he can in the playoffs. Uh, so weird, what a weird guy. Another strange guy that uh, I don't know how he ticks and, and why he's the way he is, but uh, pretty bizarre. Marches to the beat of his own drum. He he, he most certainly does. Uh, I, I don't. You're right, because I don't I don't understand why you'd want to go from a winning organization of Philadelphia, and maybe you don't really look at Philadelphia as your home or whatever. But you're an NBA player; you're used to being like all over the place at all times. So, um, but why would you want to go from a winning organization to that? Like that that would be my main question. It's like, mm. why would you want to do that to yourself? Like, you know, they're not going to win at any time <laughs> soon. Like, like they're still they're still years away. From yeah. like doing making any noise, and you want to go back to that? Like I, you're right. Doesn't make much sense to me, but it doesn't have to to us. It's no. his career; he can do what he likes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll see what he what he decides to do. Yeah. Uh yeah. I do want to talk about the USC, but why don't I just make a couple mentions about the NFL first? Um, big news: Odell Beckham Jr. has reached. An agreement with the Baltimore Ravens 
Uh, it's a $15 million deal that goes up to about $18 million with a couple incentives. Um, this was huge news, really, because um, Ravens have never had a Pro Bowl receiver, never really given Lamar Jackson the, the pieces that he needs there. Uh, he's been in contract uh, squabbles with the organization. And um, he tweeted uh, he tweeted a, um, a screenshot of him on the phone with OBJ, both going, yeah, I can't believe this. Uh, do you think this sort of makes Lamar Jackson actually consider playing with the Ravens again and uh, accepting this $32 million uh, offer to, to, to be the quarterback for the Ravens? Ah. Uh... Possibly, you know, like I think this is like the the team basically giving him an olive branch because I I kind of thought the number they offered him was a little high to be honest with you. But I'm like, that's oh, so he's still worth that much. Oh, that's pretty cool. Anyway, so I I thought it was more of an olive branch for Lamar. Now, it, whether Lamar wants to take that or not, that's completely up to him. And either way, if he plays or if he doesn't play. I don't think that dude is going to play for anybody unless he's guaranteed around $200 million. That's I, And I honestly believe that. I think that's his standard that he expects. Wow. And I don't know who's going to match it, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I I, uh, I don't think anybody's <laughs> going to be stepping up for him. So he's going to have to wait a while. Have to wait a while. Uh, another signing that uh, was. Uh, a bit surprising was the uh, Kansas City Chiefs signed uh, Ezekiel Elliott to a one-year, twelve million dollar deal. Um, I, I was uh, caught caught off guard by this. I didn't know uh, Kansas City would be in the Zeke Elliott uh, market. Well, maybe they'll just use him for like situational downs because he's still a big back with a big body, you know. So that's what I could see them utilizing him for because they, they still did have some two very good running backs and. Pacheco or Pacheco and then uh, and the other guy anyways so yeah I, I they still do have some good running backs and they like I said I think they can use Zeke in uh, some situational downs for them uh other Kansas City news is that they are uh trying their best to sign DeAndre Hopkins who was cut from the Cardinals what the hell is the Cardinals problem uh, another organization that has moved on from DeAndre, uh, one of the greatest uh, receivers in the league. And uh, imagine if he goes to Kansas City, like, holy crap, they they won the Super Bowl last year and uh, get him. Uh, whoa, they're going to be probably pretty unstoppable. I think Mahomes is like, you know what? I think we can use him. I, I think I, I think I can work with that guy. I, 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 you know, he may have lost a step here or there because he is getting older, but that dude can catch anything that's thrown in his vicinity. Yeah. Period. Yeah. So I think Mahomes is like, whatever he's got left, I can work with that. Not a problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, there was a big fight all this past season, really, with uh, the offensive lineman Jeffrey Simmons and the Titans. Uh, there was a lot of actually mudslinging and slander and a lot of bad stuff, but they finally come together and have agreed on a four-year extension worth $88 million. So uh, 
he looked pretty happy when he was putting pen to paper there. And uh, uh, I think the Titans have forgiven all, for all the mean stuff he said about them. And, uh, yeah, they're going to move forward for the next four years. Uh, this this did not look like a marriage that was going to happen. It looked like it was going to be divorce and uh, money talk. Yeah, uh, it is funny how money can resolve a lot of issues where it's just like, yeah, I was on the verge of leaving and cussing this uh, this franchise out for the rest of my life. And then they gave me the money. And then I was happy. And then I said, all is forgiven. Don't worry. I've forgotten what you said. Maybe you've forgotten what I've said. I don't care, really. I got my money. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a funny thing about uh, contracts. Uh, sometimes it'll just, uh, yeah, put every all the water under the bridge and Nobody remembers what was said anymore. So um, yeah, that was that was shocking. I just did not think that was going to happen. But uh, they finally came came to an agreement. Good on them. So uh, okay, we're finally at the UFC 287. This is in Miami, uh, where the Miami Heat play first time in 20 years. Uh, they finally are in the city of Miami, uh, and they were treated to one of the most singular, greatest moments in UFC history. Israel Adesanya was able to avenge a loss of his belt and was able to get a spectacular knockout that just reverberated around the combat world, mixed martial arts community. And what is, to me, was one of the best moments that I've ever witnessed live to see it and get to uh, see a guy retain his belt get the crown again in such spectacular fashion against such a tough 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 opponent it was it was awesome i'm still uh i'm still shaking about how happy i was to see it culminate in in that type of a win and um yeah i I just i can't say enough of how great of a of a moment it was it was awesome it was fantastic because he 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 overcame his boogeyman the guy that has Followed him from kickboxing where he thought he left him behind, but then the dude followed him again to MMA and then beats him. And so you think that's a huge mental block for somebody of that stature of like where, where he's at in the yeah. world of combat sports, where there's a, you got this one dude that it doesn't look like I'll ever be able to beat him. Right. Yeah. And yeah, then, and, but then he does it. He does it. He overcomes that hurdle. And in my estimation, by him just doing that alone, puts him as one of the greatest, if not the greatest middleweight champion we've ever seen. All right? Yeah, yeah I I mean, Anderson Silva, to me, you know, shining yeah. you know, star there, always probably will be. But uh, Adesanya to be the first man to actually uh, get the belt for a second time. And, um, yeah, he's... Uh, you know, only five months apart. Uh, just yeah. uh, incredible. Um, it, this this me- rematch started reminding me of Leon Edwards and Kamara Usman, and we saw what happened mm-hmm. in that rematch. Uh, Leon seemed to have just taken that belt away and then, you know, rode off into the sunset and said, hey, I'm the better man now. Uh, move aside. And um, I, I was worried about Adesanya, uh, that happening to him, but um, him to him play possum a little bit up against yeah. the cage and let this guy beat on him a few times and then to just land those shots 
that just rocked him and and just was such a signature moment he jumps back and he throw you know shoots a few arrows into him he uh, mocks his kid <laughs> while he's in there he he uses the platform to tell everybody uh you know go for your life uh you know anything that you want to accomplish you just go for it because uh you know dreams can come true and this is a possibility just have to go for it and and uh yeah most of it i was very impressed with i'm not I'm not loving a guy that's mocking a guy's kid, but <laughs> I, I, guess, I guess his kid did it to him, but still he's a kid. He's a kid. You know, you got to forgive a kid, but uh, at rest of it, uh, you know, couldn't be happier for a guy and super happy that, um, yeah, we, we saw somebody retain their belt, get it back after such a huge loss and, and something that's just got to demoralize you really, really depress you hard, hard to overcome. Like you said, it's a boogeyman, a guy that's beat him three times in three matches. Uh, him to overcome it and, and get this. Uh, I just, I, I think I'm gonna remember this forever and ever as one of those very, very shining moments in USC history. Yes, yes, I've, for me for sure. Um, one of the best post-fight uh, speeches done in the octagon I've ever heard. It was yeah. that was fantastic. Like basically with the message of go for your dreams, put yourself out there work hard for it. You can achieve anything. I just did. And I've never been happier in my life. Right. So that was awesome. That was a great message, but I love this other message, which is this, Darren, you don't have to forgive children. You can be petty. He <laughs> said that too, as well. And that's okay as well. You know, he was feeling himself. Hey, they made up afterwards. So it was fine. Yes. I called out your child. Yes. I pointed at him as he was crying. It was fine. All right, cool. We moved on. All right. <laughs> but uh, his, his, son's gonna have to go through, his son's gonna have to go through therapy for years and years and years, paying off a psychologist. Uh, I just saw my dad get knocked out. Super mad. I was crying, and then the guy mocked me. Did you believe this old man mocked me? He fell on the ground and fluffed around. Oh my god! Like <laughs> it was, it was pretty crazy. I didn't actually realize that he was doing it towards his kid at first, and I laughed. I thought this was hilarious little movement, and then when I found out he was doing it towards Pereira's kid, I was like, "Ooh, that's that's low, that's low." But so <laughs> it I, was, it was a crazy moment, that's for sure. No, so when I found out that he was, he actually did it to his child, I. I laughed harder. <laughs> I laughed, laughed so much harder. I'm like, oh yes, nobody's safe from Izzy's wrath. Nobody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You said the word petty. That was the definition of being petty. Holy crap! Yeah, oh, yeah. to actually even think about going and mocking kids like holy crap. Oh man, whatever turns you crank, whatever makes you motivated. But your kid, the guy's kid, like holy cow. Hey, hey, when you're on top of the world, you got to remember all those that, that doubted you on your way up, that did that to you. Even children, I'm sorry. You're going to get it. You're going to get it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a great show in Miami. Uh, loved it. Uh, Dana White uh, said it was a 19,032 sellout. Uh, the gate was 11, almost $12 million, 11,943,000. Dollars. And um, he said it was the sixth largest gate in UFC history, the largest in that arena. 
ever. Uh, he said, you know, incredible. You ought to come to Miami every year from now on. He said that the city in the past 20 years has just grown leaps and bounds, and he was super impressed with it. Uh, the one thing that impressed me the most was the outpouring of love that we saw for uh, game-bred Jorge Masvidal, who decided that this would be his swan song, uh, a great way to end a 20-year mixed martial arts career and uh, go out in front of the hometown crowd and uh, do his best. Wasn't able to get the victory, but was able to acknowledge the crowd, say thank you for 20 amazing years. I'm a multimillionaire now, changed my life. I've got lots of things to do after this. I appreciate all your love and support. And it was nice for him to have that platform, get that ability to go out on his own terms like that. Yeah, it was was awesome. Awesome to see. Um, he's done a lot for the sport, but more importantly, he's done a lot for himself. Came from nothing, built this up into something that I can be super proud of and have for my children going forward for the rest of their lives, for the rest of my life. So he should be ultimately proud of that. It was cool to see his uh, two daughters and son in the octagon with him, you know, as he as he as he walked out. But uh, also, too, I got to give Burns credit, man. Burns uh, brought it. He's yeah. definitely one of the best in the division. Uh, and he won, I would say, more so definitely when uh, he took Masvidal to the ground within the grappling exchanges. He was clearly the better grappler out of the two, wore him down eventually. And Masvidal had his chances on the feet, but not many. Yeah. Uh, I saw Jorge talk today, and um, he said, you know, I was – Leaning this way to the retirement because I had noticed that when I told my brain I wanted to throw a punch, it took a couple of seconds for it to happen. And I've heard this from a lot of fighters who've decided to hold it up, hang it up, uh, where they're just they're not doing it uh, the same as they always did. It just your 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 brain says punch and it's gone, not a second delay and. When you're fighting top-level guys, like he always has, your one half-second delay is going to have them out of the range and have them coming back with more weapons towards you. Uh, you you got to realize that. Luckily, some guys do, some guys don't, but um, he has realized that he's a second too slow and he's not able to compete with these guys anymore. Uh, 20 years in the in in combat sports and MMA and and how many more fights has he had in his career before he even entered this? Uh, I remember watching him in these backyard brawls no, that Kimbo yeah. Slice put on, and yeah. you know these are just unsanctioned brawls in backyard and in, in you know the ghetto in Miami, and uh, you know he's taken a lot of punishment over the years, even though he's been one of the greatest uh, you know guys we've seen the BMF champion. Uh, I loved it that he was able to change his life with a flying knee against Ben Askren. And it just suddenly made him, you know, this guy that everybody loved, everybody wanted to see. Everybody thought, you know, Hey, this is the uh, typical example of a guy going from nothing to something and, and really being a shining example of a great uh, career arc. And uh, you know, it was nice to see him have those moments of glory and the the last few years he's been you know one of the guys that we mentioned the most and talk about and 
and uh, a really great way to to finish a, a very distinguished, long, long, long career. Yeah, no, it was a great way to finish it. Um, he, he, like again, he's he's been around for so freaking long. <laughs> like, yeah. like you forget how long he's actually been around for. And I want to say, good timing on him to retire because. I think anybody that's been around or doing combat sports or just been fighting for even longer than that, eventually you get diminishing returns on your body and on your brain. There has to be a point in time where you have to say to yourself, okay, so if I'm having this tape delay on throwing punches and strikes, what does that actually tell me about what my brain is, what's going on up here? Right. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if, if we you got to be worried about CTE and, and crap like yeah. that these days. Yeah. I mean, we, we saw it in boxing. It wasn't as apparent in other, you know, combat sports because boxing has been around for hundreds and hundreds of years. Mixed martial arts really is only, you know, 30 year window here. Uh, we're not seeing old fighters, you know, having the cognitive delay that we saw boxers have, but a lot of these guys are going to have some difficulties and, and issues and problems. And, he still seems with it right now. Hopefully he, uh, you know, can have a really long life uh, going forward. But if you're taking punishment where you're, you know, you're, you're not sharp, your, your uh, abilities have diminished to the point where you're taking a lot of abuse, uh, you know, maybe your life expectancy and the ability to hold off that CTE diminishes down to only a few years of quality. And we don't want to see that. No, no, you don't want to see that. And I, I think, the sooner fighters can realize what's going on with themselves and take the necessary steps. And if it means retirement, then retirement, it should be for quality of life. Uh, there was three fighters on this card that had 50 mixed martial arts fights and all three of them lost. And, uh, you know, we have seen some retirements this past year or two uh, guys that are getting into that 40, 50, fights in the cage and a lot of them yeah they should realize it's time to walk away uh we had gerald mearshart and uh nerdambique uh all, all 50 fights in their and, and masvidal all 50 fights in their mma career and all lost and uh you know all should be thinking of doing things post fight career um they think the great thing about masvidal is he's such a loved guy he's got this game bread boxing he's had game bred MMA. He's had uh, promotional abilities. Uh, if he becomes a coach at a gym, people are going to flood there to be coached by him. Uh, I think he's going to have a very successful post-fight career and I hope a very long life. Uh, one of my favorite guys, really, really entertaining and uh, has just been real. He's just been one of those real guys that has come in, uh, changed his life, had an incredible long career and and uh, yeah, I'm really glad he finally realized it's time to hang him up. Yeah, yeah. Again, I, I'm glad that he did as well. He's had a fantastic career. Nothing to be ashamed of. Left it all out there on the octagon every time he went out to fight. And uh, he's got some of the best highlights I've ever seen. And he's given me he's given me that. So um, good on him. I hope that whatever he ends up doing, which obviously part of it is the game bread boxing, but whatever it he decides to do, I'm sure he's going to be super, um, uh, super confident in it and super successful doing it. Yeah. Uh, I do want to mention that they uh, made another Hall of Fame announcement over the <clears> weekend. <throat> uh, they said that the fight between 
Rory McDonald and Robbie Lawler from 2015 uh, will enter the Hall of Fame uh, as one of the uh, singular best fights in history. Uh, it This was one of those epic brawls that uh, you just will never forget if you were witness to it and watching it. Uh, pretty great. I was disappointed that Rory wasn't there. Robbie was in the crowd. I don't know why Rory wasn't present, but he will be present when they have the ceremony in Vegas during International Fight Week, I'm sure. And, um, yeah, that this fight deserved this recognition. Oh, yeah. That, that fight was... That fight was ridiculous. Like that, that was one of those fights where I could honestly say those guys left pieces of themselves in that octagon. They will never get back. That's it's there. It's just there. And it was just it was the one of the most brutally amazing fights I've ever seen. And it was uh, it was an absolute honor to be able to watch those guys go to war toe to toe. And may the best man stay standing. Literally. Totally. Yeah, exactly. It was incredible. Um, I, I think I heard Joe Rogan say that it was uh, the closest that he thinks he's ever seen someone to die. Rory McDonald uh, die in the in the cage. Um, he said it was crazy. He just he saw the color completely leave his face and his body. And uh, when he finally just decided he had enough. It was, um, yeah, he said it was a moment that he will never forget. And, um, yeah, the heart on him, I, I think it it actually, um, it showed, to me, it showed uh, Rory McDonald was a guy, a young guy who decided to get into MMA, I think, not for the same reasons that a guy like Lawler does. And I think the heart of a, of a guy that comes from the streets, comes from a rough, rough background, um, I think when they have a battle like that, the heart of that guy comes forward more than a guy who's an incredible athlete who, uh, you know, just is really skilled at mixed martial arts, but doesn't come from a tough, tough, tough upbringing. Now, yeah, there, there's, there's, there's situations and circumstances to both of them. I personally believe if Rory McDonald's body was able to hold up, he would have kept fighting. I think it wasn't his will that collapsed. I think it was his body that literally collapsed. Robbie Lawler hit it so much that his body shut down and he couldn't fight anymore. I don't think it was anything to do with uh, Roy McDonald's will. I thought it was still there and and he tried to persevere as best he could. But like like Joe Rogan said, the dude was white as a ghost. It looked like I'm going, like his body was going to shut down and die. Yeah. He didn't because he's that tough. Crazy, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. Yeah. He he was a tough guy, that's for sure. And yeah, he's he just recently retired. But uh yeah, this is a good recognition for him and and uh <laughs> what he brought to that fight. It was incredible. Uh another announcement that happened over the weekend was Vancouver UFC 289, June the 10th. Uh first card we're going to have here in canada in four years first time uh, returning back to vancouver and um uh, most of the boats haven't been announced yet but i do have a few here um exciting to hear that uh we're going to get to see it in a couple months coming back to vancouver yeah it, it's, it's 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 exciting it's great i am just hoping 
for his very strong card. I don't yeah. know who they're going to put together for it. I would imagine that it should be super strong because they have been here in four years. But I have to wait and see what they what they what they decide to do and who they decide to give us because that will depend what they decide to do. That will make my decision on whether I'm going to go or not. Okay. Well, uh, we've been told that the main event is a, a rematch between Amanda Nunes and Juliana Pena. Uh, so, does that excite you? I've seen it. Haven't I just seen that like twice? And then the second time Nunes did beat her. Yeah. I, I, how do I have the sneaking suspicion that the third time is going to be just Nunes beating her again? It's weird. <laughs> right. I just feel like that. I don't know why I feel like that. I don't know why, but I do. So that, cool. So what else do you have? That okay. Would be my uh, we've got the return of Michelle Pereira. We talked about him. Uh, he fought here uh, the last card we saw. He's fighting Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. That, that is an intriguing matchup. I will give it that. That I, I like that fight because, well, nobody, well, no, Michelle Pereira could take him to the ground. But at least he's going to be pretty entertaining on the feet. That's for sure. So, Okay, okay, that that's pretty good. Okay, what else you got? Uh, okay, we've got the power bar. Mark Andre Barrio fighting Eric Anders. No, yeah, okay, yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, well, you know that both of those guys are going to fight. Both those dudes are going to throw down, and they don't like to take uh, backward steps. So that's pretty good. We've got fifty uh, k. Dan Ige fighting a guy I don't like, Nate Landwehr, but the guy that's willing to bring it. Oh, yeah, your favorite dude. You're one of your favorite <laughs> fighters, Landwehr. Um, at least that is actually that that's actually a pretty action-packed fight. Both those guys are gonna come and swing it. So bring it. Uh Matt Schnell versus David Dvorak, Blake Builder versus Kyle Nelson, Diana Belbita versus Maria Oliveira, and Miranda Maverick. Versus Jasmine Jazdavicius. Okay. Uh, that's all I've got uh, so far. And, and, you know, a couple months out, there's probably going to be changes. Every yeah. single card we see, we see changes. But, uh, yeah, so far, not bad. Uh, not bad. They have, UFC hasn't ever brought a massive card here, has never really brought something that's, you know, it can't miss. Uh, I, I haven't missed them, but, you know, you you need to really, you know, I, I think you should have a, you know, a very, very, very stacked card for something that you haven't brought us in four years. And That's uh, right. hopefully there's a couple more on this that will really, really uh, entertain us and be something that we, you know, can't miss. Yeah, I, that's what I'm hoping for, too. A couple more fights that really whet the appetite, which will make, make me say, well, going now. Because those fights are now added to the card, and th those are fights I want to see. Yeah. So I, I I hope that that happens because again, like you said, they have been here for four years. Yeah. Um, okay, we we're running pretty long on time, uh, so let's kind of blast through rest of the card. Um, Rob Font got a a really great win uh, over a very tough opponent, and Yanez Yanez was. Uh, Roughing him up, give him a, a lot of damage early, but uh, Font with the, the huge knockout win and uh, very impressive, very, very big win. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, Font, once he got those combos going, dropped him with the right hook, 
on, on a on a crazy kind of upward diagonal angle, and uh, it was over, man. So great win by Font, uh, and Yanis looked tough, looked good yeah. until Font caught him. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, that was a really massive right that just dropped him, and uh, wow, he was. Uh, yeah, he was in trouble immediately, but uh, yeah, Yanis had really brought it to him early on, and. And looked really good, but uh, this was super fun fight. Um, this was the first time Rob Fawn has been on a pay per view in five years. I guarantee it won't be five more years before he's back on a pay per view. Uh, oh, yeah. loved his job and his combos. Uh, coming off of two straight losses, uh, really huge win. And um, he called out Davison Figueredo. Um, don't know if uh, Figueredo would uh want to entertain that, but uh, Font was number six. Uh, Giannis was 12, but um, you know, hasn't, hasn't really been able to move up yet because he hasn't fought the top guys. But, um, yeah, this was a great performance by Font, and we'll see what's uh, what's next for him. Yeah, yeah, great performance by Font, excellent. Um, lots of stars there at this, uh, at this uh, fight card. Uh, I couldn't believe all the guys that kept rolling out. <laughs> Um, great to see Joe Burrow there. Great to see Justin Jefferson, the the Boza brothers from the is. NFL. Uh, Mike McDaniel, the coach of the Miami Dolphins, was there. Uh, they had actors. They had tons of uh, UFC guys. GSP was sitting there with Usman, and and Odell Beckham Jr. was there. Uh, yeah, just and tons and tons and tons of stars. Oh, of course, we can't mention. We can't forget to mention. Uh, the former president Donald Trump was there, sitting beside Kid Rock and Dana White. Uh, yeah. Pretty, uh, pretty crazy. How many uh, stars were there? Yeah, no, yeah, your boy, the Donald, was there and uh, sitting beside <laughs> sitting beside his boy Dana. Um, I saw one of the best pictures ever, and it was just so weird. It was just the weirdest picture. Mike Tyson, Kid Rock, Donald Trump, Dana White. <laughs> that's all i hang it up and i'm just like wow. it, doesn't trump does he have that indictment thing he has to deal with in new york cool that he's not worried about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe he's uh just trying to get one last night out before he goes to prison <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was weird seeing the donald there uh yeah dana dana said he showed up first fight and stayed to the last fight which is unusual for a guy like that, uh, yeah, that was bizarre. I saw Vitor Belfort there, Jamal yeah. Hill. Um, who else was there? On and on and on, just a ton of Tyson. Yeah, to see, yeah, to see Tyson, Kid Rock, Donald Trump, Dana White in one picture, man. That, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I would have invited them to a party, and I would have just been taking like little shots and just saying, no. "Look who the hell I'm hanging out with." No, Can what? you believe no, no. these four? <laughs> that yeah, I know. Been so hilarious wouldn't it have been oh yeah no it's just it was just surreal seeing the four of them together where you're just like you you're, you'll never see that again never ever will you ever see that again um okay we uh we definitely should mention kevin holland uh one of our favorite fighters uh he goes in against a tough guy in santiago ponzinibbio uh utilizes his eight inch reach advantage <laughs> And uh, was able to get a, a really nice knockout victory late into the third round. Um, he he just landed that uh, left hook as he was moving backwards. 
And then Ponsonibio fell down into, uh, you know, knees first, head onto the canvas. Um, I Mergliata stopped it really quick, and Ponsonibio was super choked at him. But um, come on, uh, you know, when you fall down like that badly, uh, I think it was a just stoppage, and Holland gets the win, win there. No, no, I think it was a just stoppage. Like, Ponsonibio was doing good work. The leg kick's trying to trying to uh, aggravate uh, Holland's lead leg. But um, once in that second round when Holland missed with the right and then still kept following through with the left hook, massive left hook. And when you fall on your face and you don't even catch yourself with your hands, you use your face to catch yourself on the mat, it's over. God. It's over. I thought it was a great stoppage. There was All, all Ponsonibia was going to get was more damage or just to be really knocked out and not moving for a while until yeah. he finally woke up. So I thought it was a great stoppage. You would have taken a lot. Uh, Holland took the mic and called out Jorge Masvidal. Uh, uh-oh. <laughs> Two fights later, three fights later, uh, it's done. Uh, I guess two fights later, um, yeah, so he's going to have to find somebody else to call out. For some reason, a lot of people don't like Holland. And he's always seeming to scrap guys. Uh, uh, Masvidal and him actually had a bunch of altercations fight week. It was weird. Holland really gets into that. He likes rescuing people, and he likes stirring shit up every time he goes to a card. Uh, I yeah, we'll see where he comes next. But uh, always entertaining. Always entertaining, and also too, I think what's very frustrating for some other people, he's got a mouth, and it goes at like a hundred miles per minute. And he's actually pretty clever and witty. So if you got a pretty clever and witty guy always saying clever and witty things that are just pissing you off, you just want to punch him like hard <laughs> all the time. Oh, and uh, but the only thing that's the problem is that he's going to punch back and it's going to suck. So yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, the fight that kicked off the main card uh, kind of surprising to see an 18 year old uh, kick off a main card comes in seven and zero. Lots of hype. Raul Rosas Jr. against Christian Rodriguez. And uh, from all accounts, it was a man beating a boy. And this is why we don't see 18-year-olds. Typically in the UFC, usually they're 22 to 24 when they begin their UFC career. And um, this is a hype train that got a bit derailed here. Probably won't harm him too much, but uh, makes him realize that he's not uh, the world beater as much as he thought he was. There's levels to the game. And Rodriguez was better than him. He had the experience. But more importantly, he had he was calm. Like, like I think Rosas was too adrenaline uh, uh, hopped up. And he kept trying to go for the takedowns. He wasn't following up with any technique. He just He thought he could just run through the guy. And he could not do that. Rodriguez was, he took the, the correct approach. He was extremely calm. He took his time. His technique was on point. And then uh, before you know it, he was dominating Rosas Jr. And he got the win. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Exactly. Uh, the fight of the night uh, garnering 50K for both combatants was the feature fight on the prelim. Kelvin Gastelum and Chris Curtis. Gastelum came in uh, really on a tough streak, had lost five of his last six. Uh, former tough winner and a guy who's fought uh, seven former champions in his career. 
uh, really needing to get a win. And uh, he did in a super great, tough battle. This was back and forth, tons of action, both in the pocket, pretty much the entire 15 minutes. And uh, Gaslam gets his hand raised and uh, just really fighting for his UFC life. And uh, he will get another day to fight. Yes, he will. And I, I thought Gaslam was just a step ahead in, in the combination striking. And he just looked really good. He looked sharp from the onset all the way to the end. And I love the fact that in the in the third round, at the end of that fight, they both decided, let's throw it out and see what happens. And it was a fantastic fight. It was a fantastic yeah. fight by both men. Curtis actually gave as good as he got. But again, I thought that Gastelum was just a step ahead throughout the entirety of the fight. Yeah, I like Curtis. Um, I, I think he's uh, you know always game, and uh, yeah, you can bring a bring a fight to it. But uh, Gaslam was a little bit uh, a step ahead, as as he said. Um, I do want to mention Joe Pfeiffer uh, beating uh, Gerald Mearshart. Uh, Pfeiffer looks great. Uh, Pfeiffer came in to the UFC, uh, went to the Dana White Contender Series, didn't tap in time on an arm submission, and had his arm broken really badly. Had to have surgery, two di two different surgeries actually. Uh, came back into the Dana White Contender Series, was able to win, get himself an opportunity in there. Uh, has really just suddenly put on a ton of muscle, a ton of power, and um, he overmatched Mearshart here, a guy that's uh, had fifty fights as I mentioned earlier, and uh, you know been in a ton of wars. But Pfeiffer was by far the better man in this one and got the win. Yeah, the, the better man and by far the bigger man. He looked, he looked a heck of a lot bigger than Mearshart. And so, and all he did was he took his time and he hunted Mearshart down and waited for his opportunity to take the shots in the openings once they opened up. And he, when he hit him with that big left, it was all over. All over. Uh, I love his nickname, Body Bags. Uh, he was saying, Great that nickname. It. And uh, yeah, he, um, He's got quite the story, was a homeless kid, really had a rough upbringing. Dana White has taken him under his wing. And uh, Dana White didn't give him 50K for this, but he said he got a gave him a bonus check uh, back uh, in the locker room. And it was nice that um, he was able to get a check, not an official check, but uh, you know, Dana loves giving out uh, bonuses to guys, even though they aren't performance of the night or fight of the night. Um, he called out Dustin Stoltz, Foose, who he said he was supposed to fight uh, a little earlier this year, and it got uh, postponed, and he had a lot of bad words to say about him and to him and for him. So, um, yeah, I sort of expect that that'll be his next opponent. Yeah, no, uh, smart, smart call out uh, within his range, so to speak. And, uh, yeah, I expect big things from Pfeiffer. Big things. Yeah. Uh, the Vancouver uh, area, Lupe Godinez, uh, the girl, she's from Mexico, but lives here in the lower mainland, uh, fights a really tough opponent in Cynthia, Cynthia Calvillo and uh, gets a split decision win. Um, great to see Lupe back. Uh, a really good stand-up war that I was very impressed with her heart and abilities. And uh, nice, nice to see her get the win. Yeah, nice to see her get the win. I thought her striking was Really good, um, especially her counters on Calvillo. Um, her, her grappling was as good as it's always as it's ever been. And uh, but it was a tough fight, 
close fight, but I thought Kundinius won, and she did. Yeah. Um, do you want to mention anything about the uh, early prelims, three fights on the early prelims? Uh, have anything to say about them? Um, unfortunately, no, because I did not see them. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, usually they, they don't show them uh, locally here, but uh, Sam Hughes got a win. Steve Garcia, nice win over... Jalen Urdenbeke and uh, Ignacio Batamundes. Really, really, really impressive performance over Trey Ogden there. Uh, I was a little disappointed in this card, losing some of the other fights off of it. As I mentioned earlier, we've seen fights drop off almost every card, but the Michael Chiesa, uh, Leach, Leach, Jing Liang, that was a tough fight to lose. Chase Sherman was supposed to fight Chris Barnett. Barnett couldn't make 265, so he... Uh, balked out and said he wasn't be able to make that weight. Uh, they replaced him with Carl Williams, and Carl Williams ended up having a medical issue on Saturday and uh, had to fall out too. So poor on uh, the vanilla gorilla Chase Sherman couldn't couldn't get an opponent to two of them fall off on him. That which is um, this is funny because they couldn't make two sixty five. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow! I know, hilarious. Uh, Bahamundas uh, had original opponent of Nicholas Moda, and uh, Moda had to cancel, but luckily Trey Ogden was able to step up and, and be his opponent there. Um, PFL had a great card this past weekend. That was their second card of the year. Uh, there was a um, couple of former uh, USC fighters again on the card, uh, came up short. Aspen Ladd uh, was, not, <laughs> was unsuccessful. Uh, but I do want to mention this coming Friday, they have a lightweight battle between Shane Hurricane Burgos and o Olivier Aubon Mercier in a lightweight 155 pound battle, which will be the main event for PFL coming up on Friday. Uh, keep tuned in. Uh, man, it's been great so far. I've really enjoyed the cards. And um, yeah, they've got uh, a ton of talent there. Uh, great. Great promotion. Uh, I really like the professional fighters league. Oh yeah, no, and and those those that that's a great fight coming up between those two guys. That should be highly highly entertaining because both guys like to break. Yeah, and uh, UFC is back this Saturday, uh, Kansas City. Uh, we get to see it uh, two thirty Pacific, five thirty Eastern time. Prelim start. 5.30 Pacific, 8.30 Eastern time. Max Holloway and Arnold Allen. Uh, super, super, super stoked for, for both these both these guys to battle each other. Uh, I love both of them. Don't know who to cheer for. Probably just going to hope for a really great, super incredible battle in the featherweight division. Good to see Max back and uh, fighting a tough guy in Allen. Yeah, it, it's good to see Max back because he, he's been – He's been away for quite some time, and uh, I'd like to see that he's headlining again against the very top Arnold Allen. I think this is going to be extremely tactical fight between these two, uh, but I, I expect to see the old Max Holloway just uh, doing punches and bunches and not yeah. letting you off the hook at any point in time in the entirety of the fight. Yeah, yeah, he's always got that incredible cardio. Uh, Edson Barboza, love watching him fight. Billy Quarantino is his opponent. Dustin Jacoby fighting a Russian guy. I hate those names. I'm not going to mention it. Uh, Tanner Bozer, friend of the show, been on the podcast on a few times. 
on a few uh, occasions. Uh, he's dropping down to the light heavyweight division, finally fighting the Hulk, the Hulk Eon Kutulaba. Uh, great to see Tanner back. I've been following him a bit on social media. Considered having him on the podcast, but I think I'm going to have him right after he wins. So uh, let's have him next week after a big victory. Uh, he said he hasn't been light heavyweight in forever. Uh, finally decided to drop down and uh, fight these smaller guys. And uh, we'll see. Uh, yeah, we'll see a great performance, I'm sure, out of Bozer. Uh, I, I I expect to see one. I think him be going down to the lighter um, division is going to help him immensely because he was already extremely like fast, dexterous in the heavyweight division. And I think him with his, obviously, with the, the power that he's going to bring down to the lower divisions and the fact that he's light on his feet, he's fast, I think it's going to help him quite a bit. He's got abs, man. You should see his body right now. Uh, he posted some pretty impressive pictures. He looks like he's never been in better shape, and uh, I, I cannot wait. Uh, hopefully he gets a big victory there. Uh, Pedro Munoz, Chris Gutierrez. Wow, uh, this definitely could be fight of the night. Uh, Clay Guida always brings it. Uh, he's entering the cage for what the 58th time, 58th time. Holy crap. Uh, fighting a tough guy in uh, Rafa Garcia, uh, kicking off the main card. Uh, Bill Algio, TJ Brown. We got Brandon Royval against Matias Nicolau. Uh, Cunnings against uh, Short Fuse at Herman. Uh, we got another Canadian, Jillian Robertson against Pierre Rodriguez. Lando Venata, Groovy's back. Love seeing him fight. Um, this is a hell of a great fight night card uh, from Kansas City. I don't remember them being in Kansas City. It's, I don't know, maybe once or twice, but uh, man, it's been forever. I think it's been a long time since it's been in Kansas City, if not their first time. But it's a great card, uh, a really, really strong card. Looking forward to seeing the Bill Algio, TJ Brown fight. I think that's going to be uh, highly entertaining. It's a good card, up and down. Yeah, up and down. I can't wait. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm excited. Uh, great card this weekend. Love to see Adesanya uh, just, yeah, finally get the boogeyman. Uh, how many Halloweens were there? Like eight? Uh, we had to see, uh, you know, nobody could ever get rid of that boogeyman. He was able to do it in his fourth attempt. Um, this was incredible. Uh, do you see the UFC making him fight him again for a trilogy fight? Uh, or will he be able to uh, pick and choose somebody else uh, to go up against? I don't see it happening, actually. I, I was thinking about that, like, as soon as the fight was over. I'm like, so there's a trilogy? Like, it. I don't feel the same kind of need as I did for the Figueredo uh, versus... Um, Brandon Moreno. Brandon Moreno. I don't see, I don't feel the same way. I just, I just don't. Because it feels like that was that had a certain finality finality to it, where it's like it's kind of over, it's done now, sure. it's done. So, yeah. and also too, Dana White said in one of the post fight interviews or whatever scrubs that he believes that Pereira is going to go up to two hundred five anyways, because yeah. I guess him making the weight cut to one eighty five was pretty brutal. So, yeah. and 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 even Izzy said, hey, if, if he goes up to two hundred five. Good luck, guys. Good luck. Because he <laughs> understands just how amazing and tough this guy is. 
So if that guy moves on from his division, he's just like, that sounds great. That's good. Yeah. That's good stuff. Good to hear. Yeah, it's incredible that Adesanya was, uh, you know, even willing to do some type of rope-a-dope. If, uh, you know, I, I believe him when he says that's what he was trying to do. And, yeah. uh, you know, against a guy with that much power, that big, that strong, uh, it was ballsy and incredible that he was able to withstand it and and land those shots to take take him down. Yeah, yeah, like he he took a risk, but yeah. I think it was a calculated risk. This was a risk where they probably even like uh, they 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 practiced that when he was wow. preparing for the fight. That this is this may be one of the scenarios that you're up against. So you want to make him think that you're injured, but you're not. Because you're waiting for your one chance to explode off the cage and give him something in return. And that's exactly what he did. And man, did he give it to him. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess uh, probably 205 is ahead for him. And then uh, lots of intriguing matchups open up in that division for Pereira. Uh, yes. There, there, he's, got a, he's got a ton. He's got a ton. A ton of ways he can go. Um, I, I I would expect him to be top, fighting top 10 talent right away if he does decide to go up. And uh, a lot of exciting fights up there for him. A lot of exciting fights. And as for Izzy going forward, I I don't know who he should fight because he's kind of cleared up the division already, right? Yeah. And, and it's like he's, he's facing an Anderson Silva type situation where he goes, oh, I'm just going to have to go through you guys all over again. Cool. Like, like I think, what did I hear? I heard something about Drickus Duplessis. <laughs> and and, and oh. you know what? The funny thing is, it's like, well, I guess that would be the guy because he beat everybody else. He's yeah. beat everybody else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he claimed out that division. That's the weird thing. Like, I, I just wonder. Yeah, I wondered who the UFC would think about if they didn't think rematch then you know yeah. okay he's beat him he's beat him twice he's beat him twice he's you know yeah. you start going down that ranking list and it's uh yeah it's pretty bleak on people that he hasn't been able to dominate and, and dispatch you know yeah so it, it's slow pickings man so i it'll be interesting to see what they come up with Don, the ufc always comes up with something but it'll be interesting uh, one final note, uh, Shakur Stevenson, uh, got a great victory over, uh, Yushina over the weekend, uh, really, um, great victory there. And, um, I see, uh, Anthony Joshua is, um, scheduled to return in December. Um, they say that, uh, it's going to take a while to, for him to recover, uh, I saw that his promotion say that they weren't impressed enough with his performance to think that he can fight Fury yet or fight somebody of that caliber. He's going to need another opponent and another uh, bit of time. So December is when they're uh, trying to bring Anthony Joshua back. All right. Well, that hey, that, I, I understand the promotion, making sure that uh, their, their golden goose doesn't get beaten too much. So, um my question to that, though, would be, if you don't think he's ready now, when do you think he's going to be ready? Because I don't know what the next fight's going to bring him, but I don't think it's going to give him the le- bring him the level of skill that Tyson Fury's going to bring into the boxing ring if he ever faces him. So yeah. I, I don't know what you expect. 
Yeah, I saw um, Eddie Hearn, and he was just like, yeah, I, I really expected him to dominate uh, Jermaine Franklin, and I thought he was going to take him out quick, and he just didn't seem to have it. So uh, he needs another tune-up fight for sure, and um, yeah, we'll see. But it's going to be a little bit of time, and um, yeah, it sounds like uh, most of the year he'll be just uh, getting himself back in uh, top shape so he can face somebody near the end of the season, end of the year. Yeah. Well, Hey, it's, he's going to have to train hard for this next fight. And then for the fight after, because I can't imagine Tyson Fury just waiting around for Joshua to, for whatever he's ready. Tyson Fury is um, going to do what he needs to do. So, yeah. yeah. Well, okay, man. Well, uh, great way to spend an Easter Monday. Glad you had a nice long weekend. Glad you got some leftovers to dive into once we're done here. And uh, enjoy the play-in games starting tomorrow, man. Uh, it'll be fun to see those games come together and see how the uh, uh, top eight in each conference sort of shake out uh, starting Saturday. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing these games and then looking forward to when the actual playoffs uh, start up for the NBA. It's going to be a good weekend. Real yeah, good. Um, I'm going to make some reservations soon for some courtside, uh, going to the courtside bar and uh, trying to watch some playoff games. So uh, let me know some availability. Uh, they said that uh, they, they're going to be like 85% um, reservations. There'll be a few seats open that you can come and get uh you know just lining up but uh it's going to be tough to get a seat there so uh let's discuss it um once we're done here over the next few days and and uh, i'll make some reservations so we can go and watch some games uh in a nice big crowd uh everybody tuned in watching some playoff basketball it's going to be uh it's going to be a great uh season this year i think it's pretty up in the air uh definitely in the west Maybe not as much in the East, but uh, yeah, I, I, I'm really looking forward to the 2023 postseason. No, oh, I'm definitely looking forward to it. And yes, we will talk later on and we'll figure something out. Okay, buddy. Cheers, man. All the best. Have a great night. All right. Enjoy cheers. The Enjoy that. No, it's goat, right? It's goat. Yeah. Yes, it is goat. Enjoy it the goat. goat. Curry I will. Goat. I will. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy that. I'm going to enjoy that right now. All right. Okay, Good night. Okay. All right. Uh, thanks, everybody. Appreciate you sticking around and joining our podcast, as always. Um, well, it was fun to break down that incredible card. And uh, what a day of basketball was yesterday. And, uh, yeah, we've got some matchups now, some play-ins, uh, some playoff matchups in the NBA, and, um, yeah, a few news and notes of the NFL. I want to thank our uh, partners and sponsors appreciate the all the hard work that goes into making anchor.fm uh, the easiest place to make a podcast and phenomenal at posting on multiple podcast platforms for us. I uh, really appreciate all the help there. Uh, I want to mention Verbero, the hockey equipment and apparel company, an industry leader in technology, performance, and value. And uh, the V350 stick is a must-have for anybody that plays hockey in your family or friends. Uh, Pampas and Possibilities, uh, if you get them to come into your home, they'll spruce it up with some really great West Coast vibes. Make it look pretty, make it look great. Uh, really impressive stuff. You can find a lot of details on our website. And speaking of our website, uh, you go to our website, you can find Forever Living products. They are at discounted rates there. 
they are for health and beauty products from made from aloe vera. And uh, yeah, I re- highly recommend them. I utilize tons of them in my home. So uh, thanks for your support as always. And thank you for sticking in. Uh, we're sure getting um, a lot of great uh, feedback, a lot of great subscribers lately, a lot of um, views and uh, yeah, onwards and upwards. Uh, yeah. I hope you had a really nice long weekend. Hope you have a great week ahead. Love you lots. Take care of yourself and bye for now.